Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. More than 40 years after the movie premiered, the soundtrack to the musical Grease is part of the popular culture. I'm sure a lot of you know the words to Beauty School Dropout, Greased Lightning, and You're the One That I Want. Now, a pair of Canadian artists have penned an indigenous version of the stage and film classic called Bear Grease. You might never listen to the original quite the same way. We'll talk with some of the talent behind Bear Grease right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Art Hughes in for Antonio Gonzalez. Texas cannot prohibit tribes from offering high-stakes electronic bingo games. That's the 5-4 to four ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court. It's a major legal victory for the Alabama Cushata and Isleta del Sur tribes and a blow to the state that has worked for decades to prevent tribal gaming. The case boils down to who has the authority to control gaming. Part of the argument from Texas relied on refuting precedent set in the California versus Capizan Band of Mission Indians case, which solidified tribes' rights to pursue gaming. That decision was instrumental in the subsequent Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, also called IGRA. In this exchange during oral arguments in February, Justice Neil Gorsuch questions the counsel for the Texas Attorney General's office on why the Capizan decision should apply everywhere else but be disregarded in this case. You're saying it doesn't work well under IGRA. You're disputing Mr. Yang on that. So but you're I'm, saying this is somehow unique, and I guess I'm struggling, like, like, like my colleague, to understand how, how it's uniquely problematic here, uh, but, but less problematic, I guess, under IGRA. In the majority opinion, Gorsuch wrote that the high court finds no evidence Congress endowed Texas law with anything like the power the state claims. The justices note that Texas allowed charitable bingo while banning tribal bingo. The decision says if the state doesn't specifically prohibit the game, then it can't impose the prohibition on the tribes. In a statement, the Alabama Cushata Tribal Council Chair said the court's decision is an affirmation of tribal sovereignty and a victory for the Texas economy. There are renewed calls in Canada from some indigenous leaders for criminal charges for abuses at the country's residential schools. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, the calls come a little over a year since tribal leaders say they found remains of more than 200 children at the former residential school site in British Columbia. Since then, the possible remains of more than 1,000 children have been found at other former school sites in Canada, and searches with ground-penetrating radar are also taking place at even more sites. Indigenous leaders say they are also searching for justice, especially against those linked to running the schools or were involved. Rose LeMay is the CEO of the Indigenous Reconciliation Group. LeMay says given the number and severity of abuses at the schools, she sees no reason why there should not be a criminal prosecution. But I'm not entirely sure that there was ever a good reason not to do criminal prosecution. What could it look like? It could be a national-led investigation, which conceivably could be the RCMP. That raises some questions. The RCMP was likely one of the police forces that took many kids away from their families to churches, so that raises a lot of concern. The other question is whether it could be an international investigation, such as an international criminal court to The Hague. The problem there is that the International Criminal Court does not investigate crimes prior to 2002. The last residential school in Canada closed in the mid-1990s. LeMay says, however, that advocates want to see some kind of prosecution. 
From the late 1800s to the late 1900s, more than 150,000 Native children were forced to attend the government-funded, church-run Indian residential schools across Canada. Thousands were physically, sexually, and emotionally abused. Many died. For National Native News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk. A citizen of the Oneida Nation in Wisconsin is cleared of a murder charge after serving more than 17 years in prison for the crime. Native News Online reports Danny Wilbur is free from prison after his conviction for a 2004 murder at a house party. Wilbur largely acted as his own legal representative since he was put behind bars, but his appeal gained steam after a pair of forensic experts took up his case. They concluded Wilbur was convicted despite evidence that showed he could not have committed the crime. There were no witnesses who supported the prosecution's case. At the end of May, the Milwaukee District Attorney filed a motion to dismiss the charges. With National Native News, I'm Art Hughes. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support for law and justice-related programming provided by Hobbs, Strauss, Dean & Walker, a national law firm dedicated to promoting and defending tribal rights for nearly 40 years. More information available at HobbsStrauss.com. Support by Amerind, the 100% tribally owned insurance partner working with tribal governments and enterprises to provide effective commercial insurance coverage, strengthen Native American communities, protect tribal sovereignty, and help keep dollars in Indian country. Info at Amerind.com. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. On this day, 44 years ago in 1978, the original Grease film came out in theaters and instantly became an American classic. It was a musical flashback to the time of greased hair and poodle skirts, starring John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, and was based on a Tony Award-winning stage musical. Did you ever wonder what all that drama and dancing would look like on the res? That's what artist couple Crystal Lightning and MC Red Cloud thought about, and they turned Grease into Bear Grease. It's an indigenous version of the show with an all-indigenous cast. From a handful of sold-out shows in Canada and Colorado, audiences are responding. Coming up, we'll connect with some of the cast and crew about how they indigenized the story and lyrics of Grease, and you can join us. Are you a fan of Grease, or are you already a fan of Bear Grease? Call in and tell us about your favorite song or scene. We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99-NATIVE. First up on the show today is Henry Redcloud Andrade. He is an author, illustrator, hip-hop artist, motivational speaker, and co-writer of Bear Grease. And he's talking with us from Canada. Henry, welcome back to the show. Yo, yo, what's happening, Sean? Thank you for having Bear Grease on your show. <laughs> All right, brother, help me connect the dots here, okay? It's the middle of the pandemic, you and your wife, Crystal, hanging out on the couch like all the rest of us. Suddenly the idea to rewrite the classic retro 50s musical Grease just pops into your head? Well, I mean, look, it was, it's a, you know, pandemic hit everybody the same way, right? But especially like in the entertainment world where we are touring artists, 
who are always on the road, going to different towns and cities and communities. And before you know it, it all comes to this halt. Um, so it all started when we were here in Edmonton, um, uh, Enoch Cree Nation, where my wife is from. And we were on the couch just putting our heads together. And it's what you would call, I guess, a stoner idea, where it's like, hey, what if, what if there was a native Greece? Ah, ha, 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 ha. And then it went right into summer snagging, had me a blast. And then we were just cracking up on the couch. And it's one of those ideas where, like, holy, I can't stop thinking about this. I want to start writing this as soon as possible. And we did. And uh, that's where uh, <laughs> that's where Greece was born, on our couch in, uh, in, in beautiful Treaty 6, Edmonton, Alberta. Okay, I get it. It was like, hey, honey, we need more paper towels, hand sanitizer, and brill cream. Um, wow, man, that's like so cool. You guys just like pulled this thing off. So at what point, you know, you're in pandemic and you have this idea, and then tell me more about the process and, and like getting the cast I mean, together yeah. and a script. How well, did that we, work? Well, you know, it... Um... Yeah, we we just we just went in. You know, you have to. We're we're that couple that once we're committed, we go we go in. Um, there's a really beautiful theater scene here in Edmonton, and we reached out to our our close friends and all the heavy hitters like Tennille Whiskey Jack and and Nippy Esquou, and uh, we we almost knew the cast that we wanted, and we literally just gave them a shoulder tap. And we premiered it at uh, the Fringe Festival. That's this huge festival that happens here in Edmonton. This is a big theater town, big theater community. And uh, we debuted it here at the, at the Peonan stage. It was like this awesome, they reserved this uh, indigenous stage for artists and this space for us to thrive. And uh, we presented it there. And man, it was, uh, it sold out in 15 minutes. Um, but you asked me about the process, um, just busted out the paperwork, started with the songs, right? Just completely like had fun with the songs. And then we put the dialogue together. And I mean, before you know it, we have the script. Um, we, this wasn't our first musical that we wrote. We did one called the niche who stole Christmas. And we did this right before the pandemic in 2019 and the youth at uh, our school here in Enoch, they performed it. And it was a hip hop mm -hmm. based off the Grinch who stole Christmas, completely <laughs> Nietzscheified it, completely indigenized it. We had the kids rapping. We had the kids dancing. The whole community was shook. Uh, so it was so powerful. And um, when they asked what's next, we said, hey, we have this idea that's kind of on the back burner, but there's a few songs written. And the pandemic I really caused us to honker down and, uh, and really, you know, put some elbow grease into it. And my gosh, it was a hit. And uh, I would put it against the original Grease. And if you watch both of them, uh, you'll see that they are so different, yet so similar. Okay. Well, Henry, we're going to take a listen right now. We have a sample of music from Bear Grease that I'd like to play. This sample is from a song called Meet Me at the Powwow. And uh, Henry, tell us a little bit about creating this song before we get to it. Oh, gosh. Meet Me at the Powwow has been uh, just a jam. We won an Aboriginal Music Award for this song. And uh, it just, it fits perfectly. It's when me and Sandy make up and this is uh, the big carnival scene when we're all dancing out and uh, meet me at the powwow. I hope you guys enjoy. 
Just girls tell me where you're at It doesn't really matter if you're thin or fat Lady loves you even though your booty's flat Put your hands in the sky, girl, holler back And say, oh yeah Say that's right Say, oh yeah Say that's right I like them round, brown and greasy Like my fried bread and panic Indigenous girl, she be rocking my world In cars and widespread Panic chaos, my neck covered in tattoos Her neck covered in hankies when I'm through she got a couple kids, oh yeah, that's true Great now, baby, daddy wanna fight me too That's cool, I'm calm, baby, you're the bomb Got a skull and headdress tatted on my arm I think she likes me, wanna be my wifey Look at this medallion that she made it for me Breakfast in bed, she my ego waffles Lunch at her mama's house in the entire coast She my Pocahontas, I'm a native Picasso I'll be waiting at the powwow, checking my iPhone like That was a sample from Meet Me at the Pow Wow from Bear Grease. Henry, that's a really, really solid groove there. Did you write that? Yeah, me and my wife wrote that, and it's uh, it's one of our favorite tracks, and it's uh, it's part of a, the Bear Grease soundtrack. I'm so glad you think it's groovy. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how many songs are on the soundtrack? Holy, um, I would say uh, I think we have 20-something skits slash scenes slash songs <laughs> okay and some of them are, are reinterpretations of the original music and then some of them are original pieces like this right yeah absolutely you nailed it right there a lot of them are, are flips or parodies on the original uh some of them are just the beat to the original and we rap on it which is uh which is what we did with like you're the one that i want we made it into like this dope hip-hop song uh, but still using the exact same beat. Um, so really creative ways, not just like, okay, let's just do a funny, Nietzsche version of it, but like really musical ways of how to recreate this uh, without, you know, uh, reinventing the wheel. Okay, so you produce the show, you get the cast, you, you, you sell out, it's a, it's a big hit up there in Canada, and then you brought it down to Colorado, right? Oh, well, okay, so... We started selling out all over Edmonton. We, we sold out um, the Garneau Theater freaking four times, and then the Westbury Theater four times, Jubilation, River Creek Casino. And then we got an invite to go to uh, Making of Treaty 7, so we brought it a little bit more south to the city of Calgary. Um, and it, Treaty 7 was – they went nuts over it. We sold out every show uh, in Calgary. And so I told the gang, all right, guys, we're about to take this to the United States. 
The U.S. is a different machine. It's a different monster. You know, and, and the real theater world, you know, people, you know, actors don't sell out their shows. You know, we've been really blessed uh, to, to do this, uh, you know, in Indian country and in Alberta and in Treaty 6 and in Treaty 7. But once we cross that border into the U.S., it's a different game. So guess what, guys? If 15 people show up to our shows in Colorado, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles, then you know what? You'll give it your all for those 15 people because that's the way the real industry is. And then we make our way to Denver, Colorado, and we sell out Colorado, and we sell out Las Vegas. Um, so, uh, yeah, I had to eat my words. And so this team is just used to performing for <laughs> packed out shows now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is just so cool. So it was a big hit down here in the southwest and well we're gonna to have to take a break here in just a few a uh, few more moments but but i definitely want to talk more about this and learn more about future plans just just get more of a feel listen to some more music from the show talk some, with some of the other cast members and this is just such a such a great story such a great project and i really applaud all of you for for doing this for taking the risk and trying something really innovative and really exciting and I think you're such an inspiration to Native people everywhere to, to, to get out of the box a little bit and experiment. So anybody with a question or a comment or want to give a shout out to one of our Bear Grease cast members, you can do that at 1-800-996-2848. We do have to take a short break, but we'll be right back. After working together for years, the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe has banished an outside language revitalization organization. The rare move comes after criticism the organization is taking control of the language and culture away from the tribe. The organization also works with a number of other tribes. We'll hear more on the next Native America Calling. If you're hurting in your relationship or have been affected by sexual violence, Strongheart's Native Helpline is a no-charge, 24-7, confidential and anonymous domestic, dating, and sexual violence helpline for Native Americans. Help is available by calling 1-844-7-NATIVE or by clicking on the chat icon on strongheartshelpline.org. This program is supported by Strongheart's Native Helpline. You are listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking about Bear Grease today. A pair of artists in Canada took some time during the pandemic to rewrite and indigenize the classic film Grease for the stage. The show looks like a lot of fun. If you've seen the live performance or if you're a fan of the originals Grease and 50s nostalgia, we want to hear from you right now. Call in 1-800-996-2848. 1-800-996-2848. And we're speaking with one of the creators of Bear Grease, Henry Redcloud Andrade. Henry, are there any shows of Bear Grease currently scheduled coming up? Oops, looks like maybe we lost Henry there. Uh, let's bring another guest into our conversation now. She is joining us from Edmonton in Alberta, Canada, Nippy Skew, a fashion designer, entrepreneur, and performer. She is Cree and Beaver from Beaver First Nation. Nippy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. 
Nippy, it's great to have you on, Henry, as well. And and tell us more. Uh, what character do you play in Bear Grease? So I play Jan, who's the you know high energy, bubbly. Uh, we always say Jan with the master plan. She's the one that goes brush up, brush up, brush up <laughs> in the original movie. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I'm old enough to remember. I saw that movie in the theater, Nippy. Holy cow. <laughs> very, very cool. So was it, is it, has this just been a really fun experience for you? Tell us about it. Oh, my goodness. This has been an absolute dream come true. Like, I can't even explain. Like, I couldn't even picture this to turn out the way that it did. You know, Crystal and Cloud, when they approached me to to be a part of this, like, that in itself, I thought, was just, like, huge, you know, to be to be working with and learning from the best. It was just, like, so such a dream come true for me. And then to, like, you know, I always wanted to be an actress, but never had that opportunity. And because I didn't really see um, the representation out there, I, that was a dream that I walked away from a long time ago. And so it wasn't just recently that you know that dream got instilled in me again because cloud and crystal you know believed in believed in me and my other castmates and now created this like amazing show that is just getting like rave reviews and it's just i truly believe the medicine that was needed yeah it sure sounds like it and we've got a caller on the line already antonia listening on KISU in Idaho, Pocatello, Idaho. Antonia, thanks for calling in. Hi. Um, I'm just wondering, are you guys ever going to come to southern Montana, say Bozeman area, Missoula, Mount Bozeman, uh, Livingston, and or even in somewhere in Utah? Let's ask Henry about that. Henry... Montana, Idaho, Utah, other future show dates. What's the, what's the plan? My gosh, yes, we are, are we are dreaming of doing uh, Montana, Bozeman, uh, Butte, or Missoula, or, or Crow Agency. It, it would be a Fort Anything like that would be a, a dream. Um, it's definitely made. Uh, to, to be in your city and in your town. Um, I have put the word out um, to a couple of theaters, um, but it's almost like we have to take the shows that, that come to us first and, hey, come out to our community, because um, everything else is pretty much us asking them, hey, we're, we're an all-Native cast, and we do this cool version of Greece. Uh, so they're just like, you know, it's, it's a different way of asking them. Um, so hopefully the word gets out and we get invited, you know, to uh, maybe, you know, Crow Fair or, you know, somewhere dope like that, or hopefully our tour, like when we were heading to Denver, we were like, oh, this would be a perfect if we could just do a Tuesday night while we drive through Montana. So the uh, the opportunity is there. We can't wait to go out there and do uh, Idaho or Utah or Montana. And we almost got into uh, Utah as well, uh, but that got rescheduled. So we'll be there. That's okay. our goal. Our goal is to hit, uh, hit, to hit every nation. And Henry... Are there currently any shows scheduled of Bear Grease? Yes, um, we will be in, um, we are coming next week to uh, Fort McLeod, that's in Alberta. Uh, we're doing Fort Chippewan uh, the weekend after, uh, that's also in Alberta. And then we head out to Ontario uh, to do Manitoula Island. Um, 
and then we start going back into the states. Uh, we have they have us. They want us. Uh, I'm just letting the cast know right now. Hey, cast, they want us in uh, South Dakota uh, for War Party. It's a huge event that they got coming up. So that's in August. We'll be in South Dakota. And in okay. November, we'll be who? We'll be in Minnesota. We'll be in Duluth, uh, Thunder Bay, Ontario. So we'll be dipping up and down um, for the rest of the year. Uh, so you catch us then. Thanks, Henry. Nippy, how does this make you feel? I mean, all these show dates, you guys are blowing up. What are you, what are you thinking? I am just, like, so excited. Just, again, another dream come true to just even go to South Dakota. It's just, just amazing. And, you know, to, like, go to all of these communities is just, oh, just amazing. I'm so, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you are. Now, you're a fashion designer. Did you lend your expertise to the wardrobe in Bear Grease? Well, the skirts that I wear, I actually designed with my Auntie Kat. And so it's, um, it's a poodle skirt with ribbon on it. But instead of the poodle, we have a, uh, a bear on it. And then uh, um, a lot of the props that, that I have because of my, my performing and my acting and different things that I like to be involved in. I had a lot of like the bedroom scene, for instance, um, that I brought, but yes. All right. This is just too, too cool. Let's bring another cast member into the conversation now. Also joining us from Edmonton is Tennille Whiskey Jack. She plays Marty in Bear Grease. She's an artist, playwright, and an entrepreneur. She's Plains Cree from Saddle Lake Cree Nation. Tennille, welcome to the show as well. Dante, Tennille Whiskey Jack, it's good to be here. Tell us more about your character, Marty. Well, my character, Marty, is like a firecracker. She brings a spice. She has a little bit of an attitude to her, but she's also, you know, a very kind and funny character. I find I, I found that she's developed since we first started doing Bear Grease about a year ago now. It's going to be a year, and so much has happened since then with the show. Um, so she's finding little nooks and new essence that she can always bring to her character. But right now, yeah, she's the firecracker. She's the dancer. She's high energy, big smiles, and just a big energy to be around. I really like the dance numbers watching the videos. And a lot of the guys, they got some good moves too. Um, who choreographed that stuff? We had uh, a member and she was connected to the show, Sabrina Pipestem. She is married to uh, a world-renowned hoop dancer, Eric Pipestem. So she helped choreograph that. Some of it is sort of we intermingle our gifts and ideas, and we put that into the choreography as well. So sometimes it's just like a group project, and it's just been uh, growing from there. And who's doing the makeup and all that, <laughs> all those pompadours and the, the, the offset ponytails? Who do you have backstage that's making all that magic? You know, we do it all on our own. Us ladies, the pink aunties, many of us have been in the game for several years. We've been in performance arts to film sets and everything like that from the fashion industry so and doing shoots as well so we do a lot of our own makeup and our own wardrobe and we all put it together very nicely and it's that's one of the great things about this is that we get to be in an era where 
you know, our people as Indigenous people weren't really represented in that era, not in the way that we're coming with Bear Grease. So it's fun to sort of tune in and tap into, like, people like the Temptations and have that sort of, like, essence to us. And I think that's one of the fun things about this show is, like, there's really no holds bar in terms of putting out the fashion and the whole look and the movement pieces to it. And it's unlike anything you have seen before because we don't usually get to do this sort of thing. So it is really a dream come true to be able to be a part of this. The pink aunties. That's classic. Um, what do you want viewers and showgoers? What do you want to take home from watching Bear Grease? You know, it's been really well received and a lot of the communities that we go to. We have people from all ranges, from elders to youth, to young children coming to us and saying, you know what, I love that. Or I cried the whole time. As soon as you guys hit that stage and started singing and started dancing to see our people up there, we heard so many times, it's about time. It is about time a show that is groundbreaking like Bear Grease to come out into mainstream and into these communities and really touch people on so many levels. It's a multidimensional show. It has the culture in it. It has very culturally specific languages in it, um, according to wherever we are and whichever land or community we go to, we usually connect it and the language and we put it in the show, you know, to make it more specific to the audiences. And people just come with tears of joy and so much laughter that's put into the show. And a lot of the, the deep, um, great things about Indigenous people in what connects us is one story, two, laughter. And Bear Grease does such a great job relaying that to many people that it's meant to, it's meant to touch and it's meant to bring along for the ride. And there's more to come. It's just the beginning. How long is the show? It runs about a good hour, right, uh, Henry? It's, it's about a good hour, an hour and ten. Henry, about and an hour? That's off. right, and about an hour. Yeah. Yep, you got okay. it. Okay. All right, go ahead, Tanil. Yeah, we started off at about 40 to 45 minutes. And, you know, that's typically... Um, pretty standard for like the first incarnation of putting a new show out there. But now we're running an hour, an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 10 minutes, right from the top of the show, right to the end. It's high energy. Like you can't look away. There's so many great things that are coming like boom, bam. Then there's a song number, then there's skits, and then there's a movement number. Then there's a really great solo. Then we have a solo all in the Cree language. We have Tammy Lamouche singing stand by me in the whole Cree language. So People are just moved by it. And I am so, so grateful as an artist to be a part of this show. Because honestly, like, to have this kind of opportunity, once I was approached by it, one, Cloud and Crystal, I've been following their work for a hot minute now. They're professionals. They know what they're doing. And when they step and touch something and really nurture it, it always blows up, you know. So when they approach me for Greece. It was like a no-brainer. I get into this rehearsal hall with them, and we all started kind of coming together. We were all vibing. The connection was right, you know, and it just kept growing. And Henry can take something. The next week, he has a whole script written off it. 
my kids spin. <laughs> it's actually really inspiring to see the grit and the tenacity and the drive that they, these two and everyone in the cast have to make this show um, and give this show the attention and notoriety that it deserves. I, I got to see this live, like for sure, like soon. <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah. fly up to Canada or something. I want to check this out. So, uh, Tanil, tell us about some of the other cast members in Greece. Greece, Bear Greece, excuse me. Yeah, you know, what's really great about it, everyone brings their own flavor, you know, and the good thing about like Crystal and Cloud, they say, you know, bring your own flavor to this. We have some ensemble work, which is, you know, we're coming together and we're, we're very in sync with some of our choreographed numbers, but each of us have our own flavor. We got Frenchie, you know, she's um, this big, vivacious character. And then we got like the heartthrob of the group, Sunny, played by Bryce Moore, and he's really great vocalist. And then we, we had a hoop dancer, you know, so, and then we, of course, have Danny and Sandy, who are the, the leaders within the cast and, and the whole machine that is Bear Grease. So there's very multidimensional characters and personalities. And uh, I think you just love, you would always resonate with at least one, for sure. Everyone comes to the show, they resonate with at least one character. Now, all the characters, do they have a counterpart in the original Greece, or some of these new characters that you folks developed yourselves? Like in terms of couples? Well, like I know Danny and Sandy, right? They were in the original. I mean, those are original characters. But some of these other characters that, that you have in Bear Grease, do they have counterparts like Rizzo and, and everybody else, or are some of them just unique to Bear Grease? Oh, no, these are all characters that are in the original Greece. We have the Rizzo, we have the Marty, the Jan, the Frenchie, the Sunny, the Kaniki, played by Ronnie McLeod. All of that's there. We just put our own flavor and spin onto it, and we kind of indigenize it. So, Okay. And the, the, the music, I mean, you know, the 50s just had such a unique vibe that had that whole sound and... Are you are you guys going for that same kind of sound, or is it more of a, a contemporary? Because you know some of it's got kind of a hip hoppy groove to it. What's the overall tone of the? Like if you were to describe the music in in like one word, how would you describe it for Bear Grease? Ooh, I think that's a really great question, and it's such a fusion of multiple tastes that really fit on your palate really great. And I also think this is a question for Cloud because this is his era. Um, coming into the show, I was, my trajectory of this style of music really blew my mind. I started getting deeper into this era of music. So if I were to say one word to describe, wow, it would be, I say it would be a fusion. What would you a say, Cloud? Oh, man, you, you nailed it on the head there. It absolutely is a fusion. We definitely stay true to the 50s doo-wop era, and we try to base it. Even if we're rapping, the beat is a 50s beat. Even if we're uh, you know, doing what we have to do, we tie it in to that era no matter what because that theme is so important to us. And there's an underlining, just like Tanil mentioned, there's like this underlining you know, residential school vibe to it where you know, um, we're using laughter as a medicine. We're connecting to the elders by connecting it to the 50s, uh, an era where, you know, as Crystal Lightning would say, you know, we couldn't 
dance on the streets like Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta because we were dealing with the bloodier reality with residential schools, with boarding schools, with, you know, some of these, some of these, you know, uh, reserves or nations, you know, needed, a, you know, an Indian agent to get permission to leave the reservation up until 1963. So it, you know, definitely like a privileged era that we get to relive. So we were very, very, um, focused on making sure it has that doo-wop vibe. So I would say doo-wop hip-hopera. <laughs> doo-wop hip-hopera. Okay. We are talking with the cast of Bear Grease today on Native America Calling, and we really want to hear from you, our listeners. 1-800-996-2848. What are you waiting for? Give us a call. Talk to a cast member. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. We'll be right back after break. Program support by Amerind. For 35 years, Indian Country has put its trust in Amerind, providing insurance coverage, strengthening Native American communities, protecting tribal sovereignty, and keeping dollars in Indian Country are Amerind's priorities. More information on property, liability, workers' compensation, and commercial auto needs at Amerind.com. That's A M E R I N D.com. You're tuned to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're focusing on Bear Grease, an indigenous take on the American classic musical Grease. We've got a lot of great Native artists, storytellers, and performers out there. What classic film would you like to see indigenized? Still time to join our conversation. We're at 1-800-996-2848. And we have a caller right now on the line, Brian, listening in Warm Springs, Oregon on KWSO. Brian, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing great, Brian. Um, Thanks for calling. Yeah, I'm, I'm just calling to give a shout-out to uh, Crystal Lightning and uh, Red Cloud. My wife and I are huge fans, and um, I've been a, a follower of Red Cloud since... Um, G since before Hawthorne's most wanted and a lot of the work he did with uh syntax and uh um you know uh, superman and and other native artists but um and I'm really excited to uh to uh, catch catch the show when uh, when we can um but uh, I was just calling you out to to give a shout out to crystal lightning and to uh red cloud all right, Brian. Well, thanks for that shout out. So Henry, uh you got some fans down in Warm Springs. How's it make you feel? Oh, oh, that makes me feel incredible, man. Thank you so much for calling, brother. Uh, Crystal is right now, she is in Prince Edward Island. She is filming a show called Dickstown that's on CBC uh, out here in Canada. So she is a, a recurring character. So she sends her love and she sends her a big shout out to, to Native America calling and, and all of our people in Warm Springs. Um, bro, uh, it. The fact that you, you know, shouted out Hawthorne's Most Wanted, uh, which was released in 2007. I've been a rapper for many years. <laughs> I feel like an old man. <laughs> but, um, You've dude, been in the game a long time. A long time. As soon as rappers started wearing tight pants and putting rainbows in their hair, I decided to become a playwright. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm in that group too. <laughs> when the styles change, you gotta you gotta change your style too. I hear you. Let's uh, let's. I want to ask Nippy another question. Nippy, 
there is Cree language in Bear Grease. Can you talk about that? Yes. So, um, you know, Cloud and both Tammy work a lot with the languages, and um, they included the Cree language throughout throughout the the show. And even Tammy sings "Stand By Me" in the Hui. So it's it's quite amazing to to hear that. And it's hard to like even be by the side of the stage watching her without like you know tears coming to your eyes and and hearing like the power that comes from her voice and, and hearing our language be like sung in that way. And, and, oh, it's just incredible. We've got another caller listening on KIPI in Cheyenne River. Ray, you're on Native America Calling. Hey, good to hear you guys up there in Canada, eh? This is cool. <laughs> you guys can come down here and perform in South Dakota, huh? We're Boston, South Dakota. Because we live in South Dakota. We want to see you guys. All right. So Ray's got a question. Henry, Cheyenne River, South Dakota. What's the plan down there? Cheyenne River, a big shout out to Mini Koju Nation. We love you guys. Mad love. Um, They are having an event. They're going to call it War Party. Um, They just hit us up yesterday. So I am pretty certain that it's going to be in Rapid City, if not Pine Ridge. Um, but Pine Ridge will absolutely be a stop. We are talking to Walt Portier and Indian Collective about getting us into the schools. So that'd be cool to do Red Cloud High School, and that'd be cool to go to, you know, to all the spots, you know, Rosebud and Oglala, and even go to North Dakota. We wanted to perform at Prairie Nights, so uh, hopefully that still happens. But we are definitely going to dedicate uh, a lot of our time in August to to come to South Dakota and North Dakota. But I'm almost positive we're coming to Rapid City. Okay. Henry, I heard you change your character's last name depending on where you're performing. How does that work? Good man. So we like to cater our we like to cater our show to the community that we go to. So when we started doing shows here in Edmonton, a popular Cree last name around here is Morn. So I'm Danny Morn. And so when Frenchie comes out and introduces Sandy to the girls, you know, she'll go, Don say pink aunties. This is Sandy. You know, she came all the way from Enoch, you know, and so we'll, we'll, we'll learn it. And then who's, who's the guy you're in love with? Oh, it's Danny Morn. So when we go down to Calgary where it's Treaty 7, I'm Danny Crow Child. And it's, you know, Taranastara, pink ladies, or Oki, pink ladies, you know. And when we come down to South Dakota, it'll be how cola, pink ladies, you know. So we're just going to switch it up. When we come down to New Mexico, it was, you know, Yate, pink ladies. This is Danny Yazi, you know. So we like to cater it uh, to the community, to the communities that we go to, uh, just to make sure we have that connection. And there's also a scene where we break down that fourth wall, and I come into the crowd, into the audience, and I, I freestyle right in front of them and bring them into the show and make them uh, and secure a, a spot in the actual production for the entire crowd. So, man, it's just it's it's more than a reinterpretation of Greece. It's more than a, a parody of Greece. This is really like uh, a whole other level uh, that we go through to make sure that it's perfect uh, for for indigenous country and, and non-natives alike. Mm-hmm. Danny Yazi. I think I went to school with that guy a few years ago. I can't remember. Um, so, Henry, you've got plans to do this with other musicals, other movies, stage performances as well. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, you. I mean, to, to be honest, we we're, we're just hitting the surface with Bear Grease. We we expect to take this to New York to Broadway. We expect this to be huge. Um, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, we're always writing. Uh, we're even we're even we're turning Bear Grease into a, a pilot um, <laughs> about a group of young natives trying to make it to Broadway uh, by by doing a native version of Bear Grease. So it'll be done like mockumentary style, kind of like The Office, um, and it's it's going to be a hit because it's hard to promote Bear Grease without giving away parts of the show. So a big reason why you know we we, we sell out seats is you know the mystery what's this going to be about i kind of have an idea but we really can't show too much of it without giving it away uh so we're going to do a pilot based around our actual lives and what we have to do you know to rehearse like monsters you know two or three times a week um and tour the world with this um but we have a couple of ideas on the on the back burner uh, a native version of hairspray and we're calling it bear spray <laughs> and uh of course uh an indigenous version of a uh, of a uh, west side story and we're calling that res side story <laughs> so we're definitely in the process of writing more and we like to stay in our lane uh, we actually feel like we created our own lane there was nothing like this for us so we we, we love the 50s vibe we love uh, mixing you know the hip hop elements like you know like hamilton or like those greats uh, in, into this uh, indigenous theater, and uh, we're going to keep it that way. We're going, you know, we have uh, we have something special, something unique, and uh, you've just seen the beginning of Bear Grease. Let's hear another sample of music from Bear Grease. This is from the song "Hang It Up, Daddy," an indigenized version of the '60s original. Instead of trying to be a Fennikita and kill Maria and make them bleed on their Adidas. That was from the Bear Grease song, Hang It Up, Daddy. I've got a question for Tennille. Tennille, 
hearing about this whole production, rehearsing multiple times a week, traveling Canada, the, the U.S. Uh, I'm wondering about like the cost of that. Are you folks covering a lot of that out of pocket? Are you getting funding for the show? How does that work? Um, well, in terms of me speaking personally, like I live two, out, two hours outside of Edmonton. So I live in my home community of Saddle Lake. So for rehearsals, I'm traveling two hours just to get to Edmonton and two hours home or sometimes just staying the week because I believe in this project that much. But in terms of touring and stuff like that, I'm not really um, involved in the producing side of it, like Cloud or, say, Crystal are. So I, I think that question is more for Cloud on how they really make this this um the beef okay. that is there work yeah all right yeah henry feel free to chime in yeah man up number one that's just how amazing is that right that Tanil tries two hours to and from for rehearsal that's how dedicated uh this team is um holy um so truthfully a lot of this comes out of our pocket we really believe in this uh this musical and you know from what we sell at the door we'll reimburse and also you know take care of the team and sometimes we you know we get invited to communities for a flat rate and that also blesses us too and we are in the process of learning the grant game and uh, and getting some funding for this because uh this should be funded um it's such a great idea it's just that uh that's one one area where i lack expertise and uh, definitely building on it, definitely meeting with awesome grant writers on how to make uh, 2023 a lot easier for us uh, financially and a lot uh, less painful on the pocket. So we might have some listeners right now interested in learning more about Bear Grease, maybe even interested in booking you folks to come do a show. How do they get in contact with you? For sure, go to beargreaselive.com. That's beargreaselive.com. And you can contact us directly on there. And uh, we would absolutely be honored to come to your communities, to your schools, uh, any of any of that. Workshops, we are in love with it. Give Indigenous Theater a chance. This is a hilarious, hilarious, entertaining, and musically brilliant uh, performance. Nippy, how about if listeners want to learn more about your fashion design work, your performances, how can they connect with you? You could find me on Facebook under Nippy School, or um, I'm just about to launch my website for my fashion designs next week at nippyescuedesigns.com. And Tanil, how can listeners connect with you? You've got artwork going on, other playwright stuff. You do entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I have a show that I help co-produce, co-direct, and wrote called Ayita. We just premiered it at the Westbury Theater. We had 13 shows. Um, it's an all-Indigenous femme-led cast and cast and crew. So we're going to be putting it up again in June 2023. Look out for that. So all of these updates for my artistry work, my speaking and everything, my website also is going to be launching. It's going to be www.tenealwhiskeyjack.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Tenille Whiskey Jack, as well as Facebook, same name, and Instagram, Tenille, T-E-N-E-I-L, Lace, L-A-C-E-X-O. 
And Tanil, I can imagine a listener right now thinking, that sounds so cool. I would love to try something like that. Any words of wisdom or advice for an aspiring playwright or actor or somebody who just wants to try something really innovative like Bear Grease? It's a really interesting time to be an Indigenous storyteller. We're seeing this renaissance of everybody coming and stepping in and reclaiming their gifts. And coming back into the OG storytelling that is our people, I think, you know, if you have an idea, there, you know, we still have a long way to go in terms of seeing representation within mainstream media. If there isn't a seat at the table, make your own table, like Crystal and Cloud did with Bear Grease, like I did with Aita. Get a great team that are going to walk beside you with common goals and vision and values that are in alignment with what you want to do in terms of community and the message. Keep working hard. Um, I always say, how did it really start out for you? I've always been a storyteller since right out of the womb, but it started when I find, when I started healing and I started um, in that healing journey, you know, recognizing my worth and reclaiming my gifts as a storyteller, as a dancer, as a writer, we all have gifts, and I, I believe that storytelling helps us bring us closer to our own truth and the truth uh, we as Indigenous people have to share with the world. So work hard, get great people around you, mentorship. I'm a huge advocate for mentorship, you know, and really um, get in touch with your culture, your language, and your spirit. And I find there's, there's so much rich discoveries to be made there. You are all unique, and you're here for a purpose. Well, I have really enjoyed talking with all three of you today, and I know our listeners have gotten a lot out of this show. And again, so inspiring what you are all doing, just wonderful, wonderful role models for all of Native America. And unfortunately, we do have to wrap up the show now, but I want to again thank our guests from the indigenous musical Bear Grease. We've got Henry, Red Cloud, Andrady, Tennille, Whiskey Jack, and Nippy Skew. Join our discussion again tomorrow. We'll talk about native languages. Until then, I'm your host, Sean Spruce. Thank you for listening. Support by the Facundo Valdez School of Social Work at Highlands University, now offering the opportunity to earn a culturally relevant, clinical Master of Social Work degree without leaving your own community. This online MSW degree focuses on a small, supportive model with a clinical concentration. Students in rural areas, tribal communities, and or who live far from campus are given preference. Application can be made in three easy steps. More info and application at online.nmhu.edu. First baby, don't know where to start, CMS program coverage, prenatal service, enroll today. Contact your local Indian health care provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from Center for Medicare and Medicaid Service. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. 
Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.